you found Michigan's retirement coach, Mike Douglas. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike asking for his insight and ideas on ways to help you better prepare for your financial future. And of course, heavy focus on your retirement years. You've worked so long and hard to get to this place that should be filled with relaxation and fun times with your friends and your family. You want to make sure that your money is in place in order for all of those goals to come to fruition. LifePlanWealth.com is where you can go to begin a conversation with Mike and his team. We also have links posted in the show notes, so you can just click there or, again, visit us at LifePlanWealth.com. All right. We were talking off air about as a, well, I'm no longer a natural blonde. I'm now mostly gray. But as a natural born blonde. I don't think you're supposed to tell people that. I think they just say, wow, she's got great blonde hair. That I pay a lot of money for. So. <laughs> Uh, they should be saying. Shout they out should, to the stylist. They're should, doing great work. They should work. be telling me that I have great blonde hair because it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and expensive. I want to know that I am getting my money's worth. So, yeah. uh, no, born natural blonde. And the uh, the role of the dumb blonde that has encompassed any blonde in this world, kudos to the ones that have pulled the wool over anybody's eyes. Dolly Parton, I think, is the most ingenious, yeah. perfect description of the smartest dumb blonde you'll ever meet because she has played the bimbo her whole life and that she's intentionally playing it. We were talking, you didn't know, you didn't realize it was Dolly that wrote, I will always love you. I did not. Not until I watched the Netflix documentary and I was like, wait a minute. The Netflix documentary on David Foster. On David Foster. uh, And a a brilliant music producer that you recently got to meet and interview in Nashville. Yep. We have that podcast posted as well. An interesting conversation that you had with David and his wife, Catherine McPhee. So Dolly Parton, and then I was saying also Jessica Simpson. I don't know if you remember back in the, there was an MTV reality show years ago where she was sitting on the couch. Is this chicken or fish when she was eating from the tuna can? <laughs> Cut to the woman's a billionaire now. She's a certain billion dollar who, empire. Certain people who get this, the world of sound bites. Yeah. And like She's, they just, they can print money. And that's Jessica Simpson. Two A T. I don't think. The role of Reese Witherspoon, I don't think is, I, I would never, de- she has played roles of dumb blonde. I mean, legally right. blonde, but that was another perfect example of somebody that was not dumb, just playing the dumb blonde role. She was very smart in that right. role. The brilliance that is Reese Witherspoon in real life, though. And like you said, to clarify, Reese has never come off as someone who is dumb by any means. No. But she can sneak into that role of legally blonde and. But she does play, she does, when you meet, when you see her in interviews, she does very much play like the cute, sweet Southern girl from Mm -hmm. Tennessee. Oh, shucks. All shucks. Oh, yeah. You're so nice. Cut to another billionaire blonde. Savage. Savage. Killing it. Yes. And we want to talk about her success, what she's done, and how we can relate to it from our own financial perspective for our own financial wins. Cody Sanchez is a portfolio manager who appreciates creative income streams and Reese Witherspoon, billionaire actress and producer, is one of the people that she admires. Here's what she was saying. Reese Witherspoon basically took a book club and said to authors, I'll give you part of my platform for you to talk about your book because I'm lovely. It's free. You're going to sell a bunch of books. Tiny insignificant detail. I'd like the future rights to turn your book into a movie and I'll pay you some sum or I'll have a right of first refusal, aka I get the right to buy it before anybody else and I'll pay you then for it. The author goes, amazing. Reese, of course. Perfect. They come on. Reese basically tests out which books do best. And depending on which books do best, Reese buys their movie rights and makes movies that create, you know, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. 
Why are you shaking your head? This is ingenious. Dumb like a fox. It's so smart. <laughs> oh, no. You can all... Listen, I'm here for the people. You can just put your books on my platform. Mm-hmm. I just love books. Mm-hmm. I love learning and reading. Heads up. Uh, if it ever becomes a movie, I own it. And you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, if my book becomes a movie, yeah, right. You know? And then I, it does. I think it serves to the advantage of the author because if you think about authors and writers abound and they're all looking for a chance because to make it as an author professionally, to have the income that you need is so, I mean, it's very challenging to do. So to have the chance to have Reese Witherspoon produce one of your movies at the, the money that you can make as an author, I'm sure that these authors get paid out. Well, and how many well, times are people going to say, well, that movie was actually based on a book and that a bunch of people go buy the, by book. the book because the book. as I've been told, Books the book is always better than the movie. Always. However, I've never had a book show me everything in an hour and a half. Right. Books That's the winner. Take right. Well, <laughs> you've got four children and a business to run. You've got a, you got you're a little more crunched for time. A little crunched. Yeah. Thinking about what Cody Sanchez was just reiterating as far as Reese's strategies. Again, all right. So very so few creative. of us. Very few of us are ever going to become a billionaire producer, actress type. Like Reese Witherspoon is. However, there with are with blonde hair people. like what you got going though. I think we're this on our you can way. buy a lot of people can this, get this though. Yeah, this is for sale. I pay for mine every month. So <laughs> get yours if you get want. Get yours. Uh, but thinking about folks in their retirement years, because th- this is the whole thing about when you transition out of your working years into your retirement years is now you've got you're quitting the the income, the paychecks of your employer. Now you got to make that savings give you the income streams that you need. And for a lot of folks. They need these various multiple different options as far as income streams go. So let's talk about how we can essentially take the lessons that Reese is teaching us with her business strategies and how we can apply them to our retirement strategy and and build these income streams out for our retirement years. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different ways you can get income in retirement. And we tend to think of it just in one or two models, but there's several. You can do real estate. I think real estate is a great tool. You get rental properties, people pay you rent, and as long as your rent outweighs your expenses, you net some income. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It is hard on one or two rentals to live off the income. There's generally a rule that if you want substantial income, you need at least five to seven, if not more, to start creating that gap because if each one is giving you, let's just say 500 bucks a month of a gap between your expenses and what you're making on it. All right, well, then that's 500 bucks a month. I can't live off the 500, but if I get five to seven of those. Now I've got about 2,500, 3,500 bucks plus my social security. I can live off that number. Just to be aware that real estate tends to have a shelf life. I sit with a lot of people in their fifties and they say, I love real estate. I'm gonna do this forever. And then I hear people in their seventies say, I'm done with this. I'm just over it. I lost my longtime renter. I don't want to restart. I don't want to deal with a rental company or a property management company. I don't want to deal with that. I'm out of here. And the stinking part is when you sell that property, they quit giving you rental income. You know what I mean? You sell the house and they won't give you rent anymore. So now I have to repurpose the cash. Now, granted, hopefully it's appreciated and it's grown, but that's rental income. It's a great way of getting rid of some taxes because you can, real estate's one of the best legal tax havens there is out there where you can invest some money into your rentals and therefore you don't have to pay income tax on it. But outside of that, in the investment world, there's three or four good options. Uh, The first one is just a general market portfolio. I have a million bucks. I'm going to use the rule of 4%. That means I get $40,000 a year out of this thing. And over the course of 30 years, I should be able to make it through 30 years with that money. That works. 
the only thing you have a risk of is what's called sequence of returns risk. Sequence of returns basically just says, and I know we're getting kind of technical, but it's people's retirement. And so to know the information matters. But sequence of returns basically says if you retired in 2000 or if you retired in 2009, you had two completely different experiences. So, for example, you retire in 2000. Well, 2001, 2, and 3 were all negative years in the market. The market dropped 43% over three years. And you're taking out 3 to 4% to live off of because that's what you planned on. Well, now you're three years into retirement and you're down over 50%. Well, that stinks. That's a crappy way to start your retirement. On the other hand, you retired March 2nd of 2009, the very bottom of the stock market. And every year, I mean, 2009, the market finished 29% positive, And it kept running up for one of the most historic bull runs we've ever seen in the history of the stock market from 2009 to 2021. And you say, this rule of 4% thing's really sweet. Every year, my balance goes up, which means my 4% goes up, and I'm pulling off of an appreciating asset, and therefore I get more income every year. The market's the best thing in the world. Two different views using the same strategy. The only difference is what the market happens to be doing when you're ready to stop working. So there's volatility depending on whether the market's good or bad. If you're taking money out of it, it's called sequence of returns risk. And literally it breaks down to what is the sequence of the returns of the market against when you start taking money out. If it's good, it's great. If it's bad, it's really bad. So just be aware of that risk because if you retired at the end of 2021, 2022, the market dropped 20%. And then it rebounded this year and it's been dropping ever since the middle of July. So now we have to be aware that if we're in a two to three year slump, you're pulling money from a two to three year slump. And that's a tough time. The second option outside of, again, rental properties or uh, the general market portfolio is something along the lines of a, a dividend or preferred stock strategy or like structured notes, something like that where you are getting a promised payout based on the amount of money you have invested. So if you buy Exxon stock, they will pay you a 4% dividend. Regardless of how the price point does, you can pretty much count on it because the stock will go up, it'll go down, it'll do all this stuff, the check's still clear. So if you own $300,000 of Exxon, you're going to get $12,000 of income that year. It's great. You just can't sell the stock and still get the income. That's part of the problem. So be aware of that. And before I go any further, people say, well, should I get dividend stocks? Should I get structured notes? How they all work? There's a button on our website that says start your retirement roadmap today. It's lifeplanwealth.com. Go on there, click that button, and we'll help you walk through some of those ideas of income and understanding what makes the most sense for you because every family is different. Kimberly and I are going to be different than you guys are going to be different than my staff, different than our clients because our family has our own setup of risk investments, all these things that matter. So lifeplanwealth.com, click that button, start your retirement roadmap, and we'll have the conversation. But the last option is an annuity. Now annuities can be great. They can be garbage. It just depends on the type of annuity and depends on where you are in life. A 50-year-old getting annuity is a different situation than a 70-year-old getting an annuity. We want to make sure we're building the right plan for the right person. There are great annuities that for low or no fees give you nice safety, stability, and growth. Um, not great growth, okay growth, 3 4 5 6%. Or they'll give you a really healthy income that's contractually guaranteed. That's really good. However, you can't get your money out, and that's kind of bad. So there's, there's a trade-off for everything. And I remember when we moved into our neighborhood where we live now, um, we've always lived in the country, but two years ago we moved into a neighborhood and Kimberly says, I can't say subdivision because she's from the country and she can't, she gets claustrophobic by the word subdivision, (laughs) but we live in a neighborhood now. 
and we're on a corner lot and our our dog that's a nice dog we live here we have a neighbor over here and a neighbor over here this neighbor has a giant big black great dane beautiful dog wonderfully sweet dog but a monstrously big dog there's this other dog with big floppy ears who lives over here and then there's our 12 pound white yorkie shih tzu mix named satchmo right and all three dogs have an electric collar and all three dogs like to go to the corner of the properties and bark at each other and make sure that we all know they're there whether it's three in the morning and i let satchmo out or it's three in the afternoon and i let satchmo out he goes to the corner of the lot and barks just to say i'm out here if anybody wants some right and that's what he does and then the other dogs come out and he kind of backs up but he still barks well, what's the difference? Well, we lived in the country, and he didn't know that there was all these other people out there. Now that he's there, he loves to bark. He can't do anything about it. He's not going to run through that collar, but he wants to let people know. The financial world works the same way. You know, There's going to be people who are market people, and they're going to say, you have to get your income by the rule of 4%. Why would you trust an annuity company? They're going to hold your money. Why would you put your money in the bank where you can't earn anything? Trust the market. And then there's going to be insurance salesmen who stand there and say, why would you put your money in the market where you could lose it all? Why would you put your money in the bank where you don't make anything? Put it here where it's safe and you get income. And they're right, but they're also kind of wrong. Then there's going to be people who work for the bank and they say, why would you put it in the market where you can lose it all? Or why would you give it to an insurance company where you can't get it back? Put it here and you can keep it super safe and you can make a couple percent. And you can always get your money out. Well, that's not true because if you put a hundred grand in a bank and you say, walk in tomorrow and say, I'd like that hundred thousand dollars, it's going to take you up to 10 days to get your money back. So all those things factored in, what you have to do when there's these three dogs that bark at each other, right? What we want to do is we want to stand in the middle of the intersection, like a consultant. You know, you stand there and you say, all right, for my family, does it make sense to have some insured income, an annuity, not one that's 5% in fees, not one that's got volatility, a low cost, something that acts like a pension. Yeah, for us, it makes sense. For the other family, it doesn't. Okay, great. Grab some of that. Don't grab all of it. Then you say, should I have some stock market money? Well, yeah, because you know there's a saying, you have to make hay when the sun shines. When the market's good, we want to go. We want to make some money. We just don't want to be all at risk. If the market loses 50%, we lose 50%. And then there's the bank portion where I need some money in the bank. And there is a comfort number. There's a sleep number where if I have so much in the bank, I sleep better. That's a good thing to have too. But to have anybody say that all of them are bad or all of them are good or this one's bad and all of them are... That's not true. There's good things all around. You just have to be able to have a clear mind and a consultant thought process that says, here's how we build out what makes the most sense for Heather, for Mike and Kimberly, for for Melissa, for all the different people to make sure it makes sense for you and your family. It's a lot to make sense of, though. Mike. Yes, it is. I mean, it's, so, it's so easy to say. We just got to figure out what makes sense for you. But I think also because my dad has been a DIY guy when it comes to his investments his whole life and I get into this stuff now, but my dad also comes from a world as a retiree now. I mean, he has a pension, he has his savings, he has his social security. He is not having to think ahead at what I am, what is maybe or maybe not threatening my retirement and what people that are 20 years younger than him that are just getting ready to retire right now are having to factor in. And there's just so much that we as individuals are now having to shoulder ourselves good news is you don't have to go at it by yourself. Mike and his team are here to help you figure these things out in a plan of your own. Lifeplanwealth.com is where you can go to begin this conversation, get to work on figuring out the income streams you can have for your retirement and figuring out a balance 
standing in the center of those three barking dogs and figuring out what's going to work for you. Uh, Lifeplanwealth.com. We also have links posted in the show notes so you can just click there and begin the conversation with with pointy Mike. Uh, or again, right below, right below <laughs> us, right here, right below us, right here. Click on those things. Again, the website. Find us anytime at lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com. Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NP. PN number 9650939.